0: Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family with God's design, and yet, our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances.
1: Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We are actually in a studio on a gorgeous Minnesota fall day. It's kind of funny to leave the, the good weather outside and come inside, but we are really tickled to be in here and to have two amazing guests with us today. Mm. So we want to get right into it this morning, or this morning, it's the afternoon. (laughs) Maybe it'll be the morning when you listen, but we want to get right to it and um, welcome Dr. Dave and Jan Carlson. Thank you so much for being here. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you two will just tell us briefly about you or your family.
2: All right. well, my name is Dave Carlson and this is my wife Jan. Um, We've been going to Grace since 1981. We have two uh, beautiful daughters. Um, we have eight grandkids, wow. and uh, each one of our daughters had four kids, and they all attend Grace Church, if oh, you can believe that. So it's been a blessing for these many years to have them with us. It's so great. Uh, so great.
3: great. And you forgot to say that we've been married 47 years. 47. 47 years. Wow.
2: 47 years, and we've been, like I said, we've been coming to Grace since
4: 1981. and wow. Love it. Uh, great experienced couple with us here today absolutely just a lot of wisdom which we really appreciate you guys being here with us and um, you know we've been talking about this series in particular the sticky faith Uh, as we think about the home being kind of that central place uh, where it's almost like an incubator for faith according to deuteronomy 6 god has instituted the home as really kind of the first small group where faith is to be grown by the grace of Jesus Christ and through the scriptures. And so mom and dad play a really uh, intricate role in that. And so as we looked at those factors that um, really play out in a young person's life and how they develop faith, the home is huge. And we talked with uh, Brian and Rhonda on our last uh, episode mm-hmm. about the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, faith comes through hearing hearing by the word of God. Scriptures play obviously a critical role. But in discovering some other factors and doing a lot of research and unpacking kind of like what these things might be, it was really impactful for us to discover that the church plays a really important role in faith development and why faith would be passed on from one generation to the next is because of the church. And so we think about this, you know, today we'd use this vernacular, like uh, it takes a village to raise a kid. Mm-hmm. Um we have to be careful what we might village. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the village is the church, mm-hmm. and we need that body of Christ um, to come alongside the family and supplement in so many ways what's happening in the home so that that faith is passed on from one generation mm-hmm. to the next. And so today, you know, Dave and Jan, we asked you guys to come because you guys have been a part of this church since 1981.
1: Mm-hmm. Talk about a pattern of faithfulness. A right pattern there. of faithfulness. <laughs> 39 and so, years.
4: We think you guys can crush it on the subject of mm-hmm. the role of the church and how it plays that integral part in the faith development of a young person. And so we're just going to jump right into this. Um, Steph, you want to ask that first question?
1: Sure. So as we were um, just kind of wanting to really draw on your experience and kind of rewind even back to your own formative years, um, what role would you say that the, p- the church played? in those formative years, um, like in your own families of origin.
2: So you're going back quite a while. I'm going right? back. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, for me, uh, of course, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents love the Lord. My grandparents love the Lord. I had a grandfather who was a, a, evangelical free church pastor. Okay. And, um, so going to church was just a way of life when mm-hmm. we were young. And, um, When I was around eight years old, I can remember sitting in Sunday school, my Sunday school teacher talked about sin and how, um, you know, in order to be forgiven for your sin, you need to confess your sins to Christ and you need to ask him into your heart as your savior. Mm -hmm. And it really bothered me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember thinking about it all weekend or the rest of the weekend. And on Monday, walking home from school, I accepted the Lord. Oh, wow. Wow. And uh, then I got home, and my mom and I prayed about it, and it was an awesome thing. Yeah. And and I know that that's when I became a believer. Oh. So,
3: My story is a little bit different. Um, attending church and being part of a church has always been there. Mm. And um, I can just remember on Saturday night, my mom would... We'd all had baths, you know, make sure our hair and curlers then, (laughs) and have our clothes laid out for the next morning. And so I grew up knowing from my mom and dad that, just like David, church was very important. And uh, so I had a real love for attending church and a passion for that. And so... um, I saw that. I saw that being modeled, and so even when they were out of town for a weekend, I'd ask him to leave money for a taxi get. We didn't have Ubers then. Wow! <laughs> and I was in sixth grade. I can remember wow. doing that, wow. um, so I could take my brothers and sisters to church because I wanted to do this. So it was more of a innate love wow. for it because yep. I saw my mom and dad yep. doing that, and so I went through church, and um, but I did not uh, accept Jesus. I did not um, was not saved during that time, hmm. uh, in the church. Um, but I had all those Bible verses memorized, mm-hmm. and I had that passion. So for me, church was it birthed a passion hmm. to be part of a body. I loved it. I loved the worship service, and um, so that that awe never I left that. me. Yeah, love that a and seed what? was
4: planted. I think, yeah. Jim, for you mm-hmm. early on, and I, I you know I think a common theme that we've been seeing with the people that we've interviewed is how parents um, play that role of setting the example at home. Like, we're going to make this a priority, that we're going to go to church. And it's just it's part of what we do because this is important. And we've been trying to do that in our own home with our four kids, and at times it's a, it's a struggle. But you hope that this pattern that you've laid out, this seed that you've sown will come to fruition later on as those kids, as they grow up, like, this is a part of who we are. This is what we do and uh, I, I think that's I think that's huge, and I think about Dave and Jane and your girls, when you were raising your girls, how did you decide to prioritize church or, or did you?
3: Well, you know Dave and I were both believers when okay. we um, got married, and so we really never discussed about going to church, but which church mm-hmm. sure, and so we wanted to make sure it was you know a Bible believing and doctrine was solid, so that was um sort of already in us and that we wanted to commit to one church we did not want to try different churches uh, around so mm-hmm. um that's we, interesting that god put that in you like yeah. to just pick somewhere
1: and stick to it stick
3: to it yeah, yeah. we've Jesus. seen grace grow through some ups and downs sure and um you know you don't want to model to your children that the expectation that church is perfect that's right mm-hmm. because they'll get disappointed yeah. mm-hmm. and that's how they can fall away but it's sort of like a marriage, you, you find a church that you want to commit to. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, we David was in medical training, so we went through different churches through that as we moved. But um, when we were in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, um, we really feel that that is where the most formative years of our girls, they were three and six at that time. Okay. okay. And so, you know, Deb Walquist. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we had a lot of older parents that just really poured into us. And we were in our 20s. Okay. Mm. And Deb's parents, uh, Joanne oh, and Ken wow. Matthias, were ones that used to have us over for Sunday, Sunday lunch. And uh, Deb used to watch the kids and oh, make cookies goodness. with them. And so when we moved up here, Deb had already been up here in nursing school. So we asked her, where do you think we should go? And she said, Grace. Church And so we visited one time, and that was it. Mm. Oh, what a
1: neat connection. So we still,
3: and of course we have, so we we love Deb and, of course, her parents too. So um, I think one of the things that the girls, again, were about three and six when we even moved up here, I used to carry a church bag Mm. filled with snacks. And, I mean, it was a big bag. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And I have colors, and I have all baggies, all different kinds of snacks to have. I'm sure the custodian didn't like sweeping <laughs> underneath our, <laughs> our pew, but um, but coloring books and stuff like that. And so, you know, they were in the nursery, but when they were able to sit quietly, yeah. um, um, we brought them to church with us. And so um, they um, uh, would sit there with their coloring books. And you'd be surprised, those little ears. They right. hear things that mm-hmm. you don't even think. So afterwards, they may come up with something that they heard in church and... Um, so I think that's important uh, in that. Yeah, I can
2: think of a number of sometimes driving home from church, the kids would ask a question, "What did the pastor mean by that?" <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you actually heard that? You know? <laughs> and so we see that. And one of the things I think too, that we did, that mainly was you, when, so when we first moved here, I was in my residency in okay. medicine, and I was really busy and um, gone a lot. And so she was almost like a single parent for a while. And so when I was available, I tried to make time for church as much as possible. So Wednesday nights were kind of a time we'd spend at church and Sundays. And I sang in the choir. And then on Wednesdays, we'd all have that. I don't know if you remember back in those days, but we had an evening meal on Wednesday nights. And then Mm -hmm. I'd go to choir practice. She would teach Iwanas. And uh, then on Sunday, I would sing in the choir. Mm -hmm. That's how I served at that time because that's the only time marriage. I had. And they still remember all those times. Mm. Yeah. But Jan would lay out the kids' clothes the night before. We had rules in the house that you couldn't watch TV or read the newspaper. <laughs> Back in those days, <laughs> people read newspapers. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, all that was off limits until after church, mm. you know. And so they, I think they got the message that it's important. Yeah. yeah. And you set know. aside yeah. that time. And we yeah. set aside that time specifically. Mm. Yeah.
1: That's, yeah. That doesn't surprise me about the two of you um, because what I, what I hear in that is such intention, which is very much what I love about you, especially, Jan, as I've gotten to know you over the years. You are one of the most intentional people mm. yes. that I know. You. you don't waste a minute, but I think also that's so good. I think it's good for us to embrace that as parents because there is work involved to get you and your family to church. Mm-hmm. You know, it does take time to set it aside it takes time to plant to make your snack bag
3: <laughs> like right.
1: that was for forethought you know to think well, we, of what could make Jenny it easier was in
3: junior high and it was one of her first times that so she was there and um one of the uh mandy hubner i don't know if you know them but they mm-hmm. asked her to play in the worship band at the keyboard okay and of course we didn't have that so she came home and told us and that day we went out david says um, that we're going to get that keyboard. Oh, so there's no that. excuse. Yes. Um, so, you know, as parents, it is. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, yep. it really is a lot on you yep. to get them there and to make it a fun mm-hmm. thing.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so. any
2: time that you can do something to make that happen, mm-hmm. make it enjoyable for your kids, Yes. it's uh, really important. You know, it's even harder today with all the sports that are on yeah. Sunday. So, you know, it used to be, you know, not so much Yeah, Yeah. problem for Sunday, but now it's become a bigger problem. There's
1: definitely competition. That makes me think of our kids begging for donuts when they would have donuts out here in the (laughs) commons, and I would be like, "No, you don't need a donut." And then one day I was like, "Why can't they have a donut? Like if that (laughs) if that little thing like helps make the morning sweeter and that's a fun thing for them, what's a fifty cent donut to me? You know? (laughs) Like I think we do have to think about. It's not that we have to make it all like about them. But there are ways that we can make that morning a family morning and that we can you know draw them in with something as simple as a donut Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. um the food trucks are going to be hard to compete with when those go away (laughs) (laughs) the other
3: thing is that i think it's good as parents to make yourself your home available yeah for kids to be here i mean Mm -hmm. we used to they used to have drop-ins on sunday nights and um We just kept a stash of of popcorn and pop downstairs. And (laughs) um, well, even uh, people that you know, like Adam Betcher and Jeff Stone Mm -hmm. and um, the Joyce Bademan's daughter and Ben Groff and some of those. They'd come in and knock on the door at ten thirty at night and ask if Jenny and Jamie were there, and they weren't. Says, "Well, can we come in and just shoot pool?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
1: they knew your home was
3: open. Yeah. I love that.
1: <laughs> I, but, it's, but I guess the point is
3: is to take and, and make your home, yeah, yeah, open. make it
2: available for friends. Sure. But uh, Jeff is now an elder. Wow, yeah. that's something that neat. You get that to see neat. the
3: the fruit.
1: So as you guys have looked back, you know, on your years, first as a married couple. And then your parents now your grandparents to eight how would you say that the local church and in your case it's really grace church um, has supported or strengthened or really come alongside your family
3: well the friendships that we've made through the years have been wonderful and they've been great for our family Hmm. and uh, stabilizing and um, you know as grace is our our church so we've made friends through the years and uh, like I mentioned, the Groffs, we know them through the years, or the Batemans. Um, and so as a result, then, that making it sort of a family church, yeah. unfortunately, our kids live in town, um, like Jenny mm-hmm. and her husband and all the kids go here. And yeah. so they are now taking, and Dave and I are both in small groups, and uh, he's in a men's small group, and I'm in a woman's small group. And that's been part of encouraging and uplifting us. I think important is to, in the church, to create um, a small group of having authentic sort of time-worn mm. Christian friends mm-hmm. Yeah. that share the joys. And then also those challenging times are paramount. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a group of girlfriends that have earned the right to speak truth into my life. Mm. And they can offer a perspective different than maybe what I'm thinking. And you can't you can't get that out in the world, yeah. and that's where you get it from the church.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Like-minded, right? Yes. yes,
4: some battle buddies, as we refer to them in yeah. the church, of <laughs> those that can come alongside of us and be with us through through everything. You know, as iron sharpens iron, so does one person to another. And I think over the course of this past six months, you know, this pandemic has really um, been, you know, thrown a curveball to the church and how we do church. And uh, I think we're starting to discover. Um, five, six months into it, the importance of being together Mm -hmm. in the body of Christ. So many people that I've talked to, you know, it's great to have the technology, the devices at home, to be able to do that online service. It's wonderful that we can provide that. But you mentioned something, Jim, that was really important, authentic fellowship. Time-worn. Yes, time-worn that God has created us to be with one another. And fellowship. And that comes, I think, in person, face-to-face, where you can really get down to the heart issues and, 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 and encourage one another and challenge one another and help each other grow up in the body of Christ. And so uh, I think right now we're starting to see a lot of people wanting to be back together in the fellowship um, of, of the church and, and missing that and wanting that um, because of the isolation and loneliness mm-hmm. that people have, have experienced over the five to six months. So I think the importance of the church, even now, has really come to the forefront yep. as a result of, of what we've been seeing in our world. I also think that, you know,
2: just the church itself, if you have a church that preaches God's word, yeah, yeah. and um, that is huge. And, you know, all through the course of our time at Grace, that's been the steady theme mm-hmm. is preaching God's word. That's right. Without yeah. and the whole counsel of God's word, mm-hmm. yes. not just part of it, but yeah. the whole counsel of God's word, and I think that's a huge part of being in a church. And if you don't have that, that's a problem. That's that a is, problem, yeah. you know. And yeah. then the other thing is worship. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to worship at home, sitting by your TV. It is, <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah. you can worship when you come in and you fellowship with others. Yeah, yeah. It's different,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it does also make me think. You know, one thing to embrace that we need to understand about the church is it's not an event that we attend. right? You know, like so many other things in our life, it's a family that we belong to. Mm-hmm. Yep. It makes me think um, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, it says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, mm-hmm. having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Mm You know, There's many um, texts that speak to the the church being the body of Christ, but we really do belong to one another, and we are now members of God's household. And so I think when we start to think of church as not just this place that we go to or this um, event that we check off, but it is a family reunion (laughs) that's ongoing, You know, I think that helps um, us kind of find our place in a way, too, to look at our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ as brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. But also for our kids. I was even telling our kids on the way to church this morning, they were giving me grief about how long I like to talk to people afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, listen, it's because they're family to me. And we haven't seen each other. And family, you catch up with family, and you, you check in with family. And and they were like, oh, okay, okay. But I think even instilling that mindset in them will hopefully set them up for someday when they're looking for their church family to plug into wherever they happen to be or live. Yeah.
3: Well, I think that that's a, a good point. It's something when you were reading that passage is, um, the things that I've observed, um, the influence of people outside of mom and dad,
4: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, those people that were their Sunday school teacher or yes. their Iwana leader or their junior high leader or their small group, D yes. group leader, yes. um, those that are pouring into their lives. And that's where you get, they can speak to children yep. that when mom and dad are like, yes. they're not cool. <laughs> that's you right. What I mean? And so yep. it's really a shout out yeah. to those mm-hmm. Sunday school teachers and Iwana leaders and the youth groups that you're important Totally. Totally. to these young people's lives. I yeah. mean, David, you're a Sunday well, school teacher.
2: I came to the Lord because of a Sunday school <laughs> yes. teacher. Yeah,
1: I love that, that you ruminated yeah. on what she That's told right. you over that Praise weekend. Believable. the Lord. Believable. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great.
4: Yeah, I think, um, as you mentioned, Jan, some of the people here at Grace, um, You know, I handed off the baton to Danny Freed um, last year and, and transitioned out of junior high into family ministries. And it was neat to kind of see, like, as we look, back on where we've been as a church and and where we are and where we're going. Um, Danny in 2010 was an eighth grader (laughs) and jam. And he was being built into, and he was being discipled. And he kind of like moved up through the ranks, you know, went to high school and stayed within uh, the student ministries, went to Wheaton and uh, got his degree in youth ministry, came and interned two summers with us. And then he came back and, you know, January of 2020, he's like, and now I'm the junior high pastor. And we talk about the importance of other people outside the family building into us, and people built into Danny, and, you know, it's come full circle, and now Danny's building back into the next generation. Yeah. I just see, I love how the church is raising up leaders within who are then building into others, and that is really impacting and affecting the family. Yeah. Now, and and how many of those junior
2: high students have you now, as a family pastor, married? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, they're having babies
1: and now.
4: And they're having babies. <laughs> Think <laughs> about
1: <laughs> that. Think about Dedicating that, how great their that babies, is. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a privilege! Yeah, yeah.
4: It, it's totally. it's by the grace of God. Uh, so thankful, mm-hmm. but I, I just love how you guys have mentioned that uh, the role that the church plays because a lot of times we don't we don't see that and uh, that awana's teacher, that Sunday school teacher, that yeah. Yeah, junior high pastor, wow, can be so important in our life in those what we call formative years yeah. where we're moldable clay. Yeah. No, and it's like just what you said, mm-hmm. examples.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. they're just another a, a bunch of people. That are involved with your kids, yes. Yeah, that are examples for those kids, yes. and there are times, like Jan says, where parents aren't cool. <laughs> we're embarking uh, on those years. <laughs> even grandparents are pretty cool sometimes. <laughs>
1: I, love to that. I love that. <laughs> Just not mom and dad. Anybody but mom right. and dad. That's right.
4: right.
2: right. right. Oh, it you also guys.
1: speaks to you know the church being the body and all of us being members. Everybody having a place. So you may not be in the church as a couple or with your own family. You might be a single in the church. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't have a very specific place that he can use you to build into the next generation and what have you. In fact, I would
2: say that God expects that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because you're supposed to use your gifts that that the Holy Spirit has blessed you with. That's Mm -hmm. right. And the more people that do that, the more effective the church can be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah,
4: as a lead into this next question, um, it's kind of funny we think about the church and my experience as a as a young person. Um, I had a single mom uh, raise me and living in San Antonio, Texas. She had us going to Trinity Church, and Buckner Fanning was the senior pastor. <laughs> and uh, I still remember at that time as a kid, I was like, "Why are we going to church?" I, I, I laughingly uh, tell people I had a drug problem, that mom you know, drugged me to church. Um, oh. But I'm so glad. <laughs> I was I'm, a little
3: slow picking that up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad she did. And I still remember we used to sit up in the balcony. I think it was an easy uh, escape route for my mom if things didn't go well with us kids. And so we would sit in the balcony, and I can still remember this one particular Sunday. I was just tired of being there, and Buckner Fanny was just waxing on. And, uh, and so I asked my mom for a piece of paper and something to write with. And she had no idea what I was writing. And so in large letters, I'm writing this note. And then I hold it up like a sign to Buckner Fanning from the balcony. And it says, hurry up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And My mom saw
4: that and tore it down. (laughs) And, you know, I would laugh back at that. But my mom made it a point to get us kids going to church. And sure, at the beginning, I didn't like it. I didn't want to be there. But it grew on me. And I kept, build, I kept having these relationships with people. Um, yes, was it at the beginning in force fellowship? Yes, but it worked. And these people got connected in my life, and they helped me grow as, as, as a believer in Christ, and I would keep hearing the gospel, which was so important. And now looking back on those years as a parent myself, and I look at the struggles sometimes we have with our own kids, getting them here <laughs> to church and <laughs> some of the stories we have of getting them here. But I'm so thankful that something got passed on down to me. I'm trying to do that with my kids. And I think about you guys. Um, What do you want to impress upon your grandchildren regarding their belonging to a body of believers? How could this help make their faith sticky? Well, first of
3: all, I don't want to come – and through this whole interview, is that we are experts by far. <laughs> that We have all the answers. We've done everything right, right as parents or grandparents. And we've just got a lot of years yep. that we can of experience. So I, I really come humble mm-hmm. in asking uh, this interview. So yeah. I think the most important thing is that we want to model being part of a body of believers mm-hmm. on a regular consistency. Kids want to see consistency. That's right. Yep. And grandkids do just mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. we even during normal times at service we have a place where we even sit okay. every week and only because they know they will find us there <laughs> if they that. need us for mm-hmm. something and so um, we really try to and you know their lives are so busy with sports and school activities that it really takes deliberate and intentional to make that um, connection and again it depends on the parents too so Dave and I try to help with driving you know, if we can host any activity, even as a grandparent, yeah, mm. um, we try to take and offer that up. And the one thing I will say about, um, as especially as grandparents, I think it's really important to stay up with the world that your grandkids are living in. Mm. Um, that they get familiar with technology. Yeah. Um, they're able to talk to them sort of not from a legalistic point of view, but yeah. just sort of understand um what they, um, what the, the life that they're, the world they're in, yes. and to you know use, don't use Christianese language, you know, mm-hmm. throughout scriptures all the time, but talk about their life. They want to hear what did you do, yes, when you were younger. They, yes. love, to they hear, love to hear that. Love to hear those stories, and there's something wonderful about being part of a solid, healthy church that's multi generational. Mm-hmm. I think it gives them a view of how to live the Christian life through all generations or stages yeah. in your life. Yep. Um, and it's a joy,
4: yes. you know, yes.
3: serving Christ or being a Christ follower. And I think you would find that missing if you're in a church that has maybe one or two generations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here at Grace, you know, we have the full, yep, the full thing. So yep. um, I think uh, that's what we're trying to, to pass on. Yeah. And I
2: think too, um, I think serving is important. Mm. Um, I think a lot of what our grandkids see and our kids mm-hmm. have seen is us serving in yes. some capacity even yes. if it wasn't much early on and when they were little i mean i could i had no time but to sing in the choir yeah, yeah. but i was faithful as every sunday i could be there i was in the choir mm-hmm. and wednesday nights every time we could be there we were there and that was something they remember yeah because dad wasn't home very often mm-hmm. but when he was we were doing this yeah and i think it's the same thing in church today i've seen my grandkids come and sit uh, in one of our classrooms when I'm mm-hmm. teaching. Sweet. And they'll sit through that, and they might not remember anything, but they're there, yeah. and they see it. They see yes. it. And I think example is so important. To and the joy of doing it. And the joy, the yeah. fun of seeing yes. all that and yeah. being there and, the ser- and, and just having a servant's heart. They see that, and then I think that clicks, and yeah. people move into that role as they get older.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You guys are some of my very favorite grandparents in the whole world to watch, honestly, Mm -hmm. because your love for your grandkids is super evident. Um, but also again i will say you are so intentional yes and so we see you open your homes we see you mm-hmm. I, one of my favorite things is when you share pictures jan of all these grown boys back in your house <laughs> i know like hanging out i yeah. can't shoot can the breeze with College kids and, <laughs> I you know. know. And it's amazing
2: <laughs> they come back and they just love that yeah, it's but that's on her she makes it really oh, wow. yeah really fun for these young men it's oh, neat to it. see
1: God bless you in your grandparenting. That's right. But I also know that you put in a lot of time and effort, and effort. in your grandparenting. You do, for sure.
4: And you said something that really stuck with me, Jan. You said consistency, mm-hmm. being consistent and proactive as parents to live out your faith, as being an example for those to see, like our kids, grandkids. That has an impact. And it will have an impact on their lives, as we can even see with you guys. Grandkids showing up to your class just to hear you teach. Maybe they're not listening all the time, remembering everything that you said, but they're seeing that consistency and you're living out your faith. And that comes from a place that you guys mentioned, commitment. You made a commitment. And I just think that the longevity of that really speaks volumes as that really carries over into the next generation and they see that through thick and thin because, as you said, church isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But willing to stick that out, I really think that that, that, that plays mm-hmm. such a, a, an important role.
3: Mm-hmm. We we tried to not, um, make it a legalistic thing to be in church. Because right. yeah. back when um, our girls were growing up, there would be one week where it was just too many sports. He was so busy and stuff like this. And Sunday nights they used to have drop-ins where we would say, Stop.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We're gonna stay home. We're gonna put a movie on, order pizza, yeah. get popcorn, and we're not gonna go to church. And so it, it was not just going to church wasn't just checking a box. Yeah, so important. we're gonna do this. Yep, you know that. Um, yep. Yes, it's part of our life. Yep, but we, you know, have other, you know, other thing factors too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the health of your family is important. Mm-hmm. And so you can we can drag you know the family to church. But you're right. There are times where things just need to slow down a little bit and you need to regain a little bit of normalcy and just good things like sleep and, you know, being together, time together, especially when, you know, there are demands in our life that take us sometimes from the home. And I think it's important that we reconnect when we can. But, um, you know, it's making me think just that prime example um, of knowing like you, uh, the seasons of life. You know, you may be a kid for a certain number of years, and then you kind of watch the the generation that's just ahead of you, right? Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, what's it look like for it to be a college kid? And then you start thinking about who are the married people, and then who are the young parents? And you know, even now, I, I look at the the parents that are raising kids and they're leaving the nest, and I'm kind of watching because what's that? You know, that's down the ways for us, but it's coming. And I think. um in my own life, looking back at my grandma, she was a widow. My grandpa died before we were born, and and yet I saw her at church in the pew with us <laughs> every Sunday, mm. handing us gum. Um, but it also gave me sort of a – I didn't know it at the time. I, I look back with such gratitude now. It gave me a picture of life isn't always going to turn out the way you think. Mm-hmm. She would have done anything to have my grandpa beside her all those years. Mm. But it didn't stop her from being faithful to the Lord being connected to her family, um, I just can't even remember. In her older years, as she got older, it was hard for her to get to church, and you know we would pick her up, of course. But um, she she did it until she literally could not be there. Mm. And what a gift for me as a young child to see somebody way down the road for me, mm-hmm. but to know that that was still she knew how valuable it was for her to be in that community and to make that commitment and. You know, that's, that's still a, a vivid memory in my heart. She's been gone for a lot of years. But mm. um, grandparents are invaluable to their grandkids.
4: That's right. That's right. Well, um, one more question for you guys. This has been so good. I, I love uh, your responses. It's been really enriching. Uh, and I know it will be for those who will listen to this podcast. But as you serve and lead young adults now, Um, couples and families today. What's your advice for them in raising the next generation and committing to a local church?
2: Well, first of all, I think you have to find a church that preaches God's word. So doctrine is huge. Uh, It's so important to find a church that uses God's words as its base. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the whole counsel of God's word. But secondly, get involved. Don't sit on the side. Don't just come on Sunday morning Mm-hmm. and then walk away every every Sunday. Yeah. I think it's really important to get involved in small groups or classes on Sunday. At least that's the way you can start out and then get some connection, get some community going so that you have friends. Jan and I, when we started, we were in a small, what they call back then, small churches. Mm-hmm. And we were in small church 30, although we were in our 20s, but we had kids. So, mm-hmm. so we had kids when we were young, so the small church 30 seemed to fit us better because other... People had kids. Sure. Mm -hmm. And it was great because all those young people that had kids are our friends now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Those are the same friends we have, the ones (laughs) that have stayed at Grace, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. You know, the Groffs. uh, I can tell you so many of those people. And all of those kids, their children, were our children's friends. Yeah. So even now they get together, Mm. you know, like. Jenny's friends will get together once a year and just talk about what it was like. they their
3: kids now. Oh. Now they bring all their kids, <laughs>
2: and they talk about those things. Yep. And so getting involved, finding a church that preaches God's word, mm. and sticking to it, even though it is hard sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there's been some times at Grace where it's yeah. been a little difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we stayed. Yeah. And you talk to your children about that. You be honest. You say, well, it's hard right now, but this is our church. Mm-hmm. And we love it here, and we want to make it better, yeah.
4: you know. Great, so, great That advice. would be mine. I love it.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, David and I are, are leading uh, a millennial group yes. called Ignite. Yes. And our little tagline is um, fueling a passion for Jesus and building community in the church. Mm-hmm. love that. And so, um, and it's with singles and marrieds with and without children. So... We see this as they're right at the ground floor yeah. Yeah. of um, building their future life in the church and their faith. And so um, to the singles, we want to get them plugged into grace and making it their church because it sets the stage for their future married life.
2: Yeah, If they um, marry. Yeah, if they yeah. marry. That's, or that's, if they're single. <laughs> yep. so right. But yeah. if it's
3: not marriage, then they have great groups of friends mm-hmm. right. to do it. Mm-hmm. And then to the marrieds and the marriage with children, now's the time you get um, make church an important part of your life and it's really an important factor uh, whether people stay at church with friendships that you make Mm -hmm. and um, we're hoping to see in fact yesterday we had an event out at the uh, arboretum where they brought was all of them the different stages and the kids ran around and played together and so they're making friendships there and and you know travis Mm -hmm. that if a child does not have a friend in junior high Trying to get him to camp, or to get him there on Sunday morning or Wednesday—almost impossible. It's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And if you have friends and parents, you can yep. say, "Let's carpool with so and so." You know. And so, if you start building it right at this ground level and making this a central part, um, that's uh, really, you know, really key. And then to get them to volunteer. So we—that's what we want in ignite—is we want them to get plugged in, become members. Just say, this is our church. Yeah. We want to be part of it and see our kids and build that. You know, and one of the things I think that um, if children hear their parents say, oh, we have to go to church today. Mm-hmm. Or we ought to go to church. Mm-hmm. Or we should go to church. <laughs> That they're going to hear that in junior high mm-hmm. yeah. when they say come on johnny we have to go to church oh do i have to yeah. i know i should go to they'll be saying the same things yeah. rather than oh boy i get to go to church yeah.
4: mm-hmm.
3: that's true and that attitude will be transformed through
4: that's
3: right so um down to the to the kids transferred down to the kids that's right so um we had an interesting conversation about isaiah hmm.
2: um Oh, yeah. Well, so, you know, we have our oldest grandson who's 20. And he grew up in a Christian environment Mm -hmm. and went to Christian schools and then graduated from Southwest Christian High School a couple years ago or about a year and a half ago, whatever. Hmm. And then he went to boot camp. (laughs) Okay. So before that, he goes, he tells me, he says, you know, I need to get out of this Christian bubble. (laughs) I'm going to go do something that gets me out of this Christian bubble.
1: That'll do it. Boot yep. camp so he went it. to boot camp.
2: <laughs> he comes back, you know. He's and he quickly realized, you know what? I like my Christian friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot different in boot yeah, camp.
4: Yeah, and
2: I think he learned something that you know what? Uh, this was okay. Yeah, this was okay. And he's a he loves the Lord. There's no yeah. question about that. But mm-hmm. I think he wanted to just experience life a little differently. Yeah. yeah. And And to be able to share his faith. And then, yeah, he wanted to share his faith at boot camp, and it wasn't as easy as he thought it was going to be. So
3: so when a young person has built that circle of friends that he could come back to, you know, that safety net when things get tough, good accountability Mm -hmm. uh, from straying off at a young age, um, the church can provide that if you start to build your friendships there.
1: Oh, what a good point.
4: That's right.
1: That makes me think... um, You know, when you were talking about sticking with a church, and we've been talking about the church being like family. In Colossians 3, um, Paul says to the church, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. Hmm. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do." But above, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And, you know, church does get a little messy sometimes um, and I think sometimes it's it's easier to just blame the church um, rather than own our part in it. Or like you said, what can we do to make it better?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, God has said, we need to be humble with one another. We need to bear with one another because we're one body.
4: That's right.
1: And he is our head. And so I think, um, you know, a church is never going to be perfect because it's run by humans here on earth. <laughs> we're under the, the lordship of Jesus, of, of course, but, you know, We're human, so we're going to fail sometimes. Um, But there is so much to gain from being part of the church, and there are so many ways that the Lord instructs us, corrects us, teaches us with one another, and we're to do that with one another. And so I just think it's an invaluable resource to your family Mm -hmm. um, that will serve them all their days if you'll commit um, to it. So thank you so much. You guys have shared so much wisdom with us, and, um, yeah, we would love to— to let you just say anything else that you'd like to to close with or
3: add? We had some time to sort of sit and think about this. I love it. So uh, there are some summary thoughts. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Give them to us. So we've jotted down a few of them. And so first of all is as a parent and a grandparent, I think it's important to feel your own passion for Jesus. Mm Yes. And participation in the church. And like we've talked about before, kids follow what their parents do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so if your spiritual disciplines are lacking, don't be surprised. That in your junior high and high school, they're going to be lacking in, in their own faith
2: journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, find a good church. I think that was the other thing. You know, Make sure that you get into a church that preaches God's word, that mm-hmm. is not afraid to stand up for what's right, yeah. and uh, to preach good doctrine. And I think if, if you see that, that gets a good start yeah. anyway. Yes. Yeah. And then stick with the church.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Be firm yeah. in that and, yeah. and work through any problems that, that, you know, I mean, we've been at Grace since 1981, and we've seen some difficult times. Yeah, But we've worked through that, and we've served during those times and worked to try to make it better.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah I love, love it. that. Yeah.
3: Sort of preps them for marriage. That's right. <laughs> Lots of things. Life. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the third one we had is to use your gifts to serve. David talked about that mm. and to include your kids. And so um, when I mentor women, I try to get them to volunteer and said so the easiest way is you could greet at the door. Yeah. Have your kids stand with you. Yeah. And, um, They'd love that. Say hello or yep. something like that. So to serve. And, um, you know, you, the kids watch. Yeah. And so they'll follow suit yeah. to be able to, to volunteer too.
2: Yeah. A couple of these I think we've talked about already. You know, I get to go to church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to church. That's right. Language matters, right? And finally, um, get to get some community mm-hmm. so that you get to know the parents of your children, mm-hmm. uh, of your children's friends, mm-hmm. those kinds of things, so that you have community yourself. And yeah. that just brings everything together. It does.
1: Mm-hmm. It does.
4: Oh, you guys knocked it out of the park. It was really great. I uh, um, really get a sense from having talked to you guys um, of the commitment it takes to be a part of a church. Um, but it is so worth it. Because when you're willing to stick it out, something's going to stick with the next generation. Mm -hmm. Carry over, passing on something that is a legacy. And I love that. And I think you see that in the scriptures, um, a legacy of faith. And so thank you, guys. Um, for sharing with us today. Um, so grateful for for both of you. And kind of a shameless plug as we close, and we're talking about the importance of the church and getting people to come. We want people to feel connected. And obviously there's ways that we want to provide that. Uh, obviously Ignite, you guys meet on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. And is that down in the underground? It is, yep. 9 a.m. down in the underground. And then um, Steph and I, we're leading up a parenting class at 9 a.m. Um, and we're going through Paul Tripp's book, 14 gospel principles that can radically alter your family. So thank you so much for listening today. We want to help you get connected as a family, whether you are a uh, young adult, you are single, you are married, you are a parent. Grandparent. We have something here for you. A grandparent, <laughs> we have something for you here at Grace so that you can feel connected and be a part of a rich community. Yeah. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you. Um, as I think about even Timothy's experience, And how he had a grandmother and a mother who passed on a faith to him. And then he served it forward and gave it to others. A faith that impacts really four generations there. Um, Grateful, Father, for uh, Dave and Jan Carlson and how you've been using them, not only in their family, with their kids and grandkids, but in the lives of countless others. To the praise of your glory and grace, we just want to say thank you for the church. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having
4: us. Absolutely.
0: And that is a wrap on the family huddle today. We want to make sure we say thank you again for joining us. We know there's lots of things that can fill your time and fill your days, so we don't take it lightly that you would spend a little bit of your day with us. We want you to know it is noted and appreciated. Um, I loved today's episode. I feel like it was so encouraging to hear the legacy of both Dave and Jan, but then also to hear just the really practical steps and practical things that they put into place. I I love getting that balance of both. Um, It's so exciting for me to hear stories of God's faithfulness and to be reminded of points in my own life and in the life of my family where, yes, I have seen God at work. Um, But then also the, okay, what now? What do I do? What are next steps? And we know that getting connected at a church can be a little bit tricky at this point. Um, We know it doesn't look the same for everybody. And depending on where you're living and what things look like in your home, there's some real challenges with that. But we would still encourage you, whatever that looks like, where where you're at, to find a way to get connected into a local body of believers. And maybe that means you're able to attend in person on a Sunday or a Wednesday or find a small group or a Bible study. Uh, Maybe that means that you spend some time, intentional time on a Zoom call or Skyping with someone throughout the week or FaceTiming with a mentor or there's lots of options. So we know that again, there's no cookie cutter answer, um, but we also know that Fellowship and community are so important. And we hear time and time again how God uses the local church to encourage and to sharpen and to grow all of us individually. And so again, thank you uh, for your time. As always, I love to encourage you to make sure you leave a review. If you're able, share the episode with those you feel like it would encourage comment, like, um, all of it helps us. Uh, I have seen, yeah, there's reviews coming through and we really appreciate them and we will see you soon.